0: Hello, my dear friends. We are in the year 2022 and COVID still here. We are still in a pandemic and COVID has mutated to so many variants that COVID now has many different names. The recent variants at the time of this recording are Delta and Omnicon variant. Names tell us so many things about identity. Our Blessed Mother has so many names and titles. We call these titles, the Litany of Mary. You know what's so amazing? In each of Mary's titles, she leads us to Jesus. The titles of Mary point us to the only name that matters the Word, the Word which became flesh. And Mary's titles lead us to the name above all other names Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Today, I am with Mr. Joby Provido. Catholic speaker and author of this wonderful book called A Sky Full of Stars, Know Our Lady Through Her Titles in the Litany. My name is Ted Patulan and this is The Cause of our Joy podcast. My dear friends, Happy New Year to all of you. It's already a blessing for me that we are into this new year. And I'm still talking about our Blessed Virgin Mary through this podcast, The Cause of Our Joy podcast. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening to or watching my episodes. And I also like to thank all my subscribers. And I pray for all of you. I pray for my listeners. I pray for my subscribers. And if you're blessed with the episodes we create here, please subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow my Facebook page. Today, we will have an overview of the Titles of Mary, or better known as the Litany of Mary. Our guest is a Catholic speaker from the Philippines who speaks about our Blessed Mother. And I would always say anybody who speaks about our Blessed Mother is loved by our Lord Jesus Christ. This um, guest that we have today is also an author of a few Catholic books, um, and one of which is a book that we will be discussing today, and it's a book called A Sky Full of Stars, Know Our, know Our Lady Through Her Titles in the Litany. My dear friends, it is an honor to welcome Mr. Joby Provido to the Cause of Our Joy podcast. Hi, Joby. Welcome to the Cause of Our Joy.
1: Hello, Ted. It's so, so amazing that I'm here and that we're doing this. And thank you for inviting me. And, and I'd like to say
0: hello to all of your,
1: to your, all of your viewers.
0: Thank you, Job. I know you have a very busy day, so shall we start? Go. Let's, let's do that, yes. Yeah, and um, I, I always uh, begin the podcast by um, saying a prayer of consecration to our Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. So I invite you and all the listeners to posture our hearts and invite our Blessed Mother to be with us today. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Blessed Mother Mary, we offer to you this episode the first fruits of our works and deeds for this year. May it it please you because whatever pleases you is pleasing to our Lord Jesus Christ. May this be our offering to Jesus through you, by you, and in you. And please also intercede for the people who will be watching or listening to this episode. Come Holy Spirit, come through the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Conception, your most loved spouse. Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. There is the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Joby, I always ask my guests about um, what led them to loving Mary, because that's one of my life mission. It's to promote authentic devotion to our Blessed Mother. So, in a nutshell, what made you become a Marian devotee, a Catholic speaker, and somebody who speaks about our Blessed Mother?
1: Okay, Ted, you know that story starts before even I was born. My mom married very late. She was in her 40s. And then um, she couldn't conceive. And then so she decided to go to uh, Our Lady of Lourdes. There's a shrine here in the Philippines in Retiro in Quezon City. And she prayed. Uh, this was uh, she, she did her Dovina from November, rather from February 2 to February 10. Wow. And then the feast of uh, Our Lady of Lourdes. Is uh, in uh, February 11. No? So nine months after that, Ted, I was born. So, <laughs> so you know, I cannot forget no, that my mom would always tell me, "You are a gift to me from Our Lady." No? So, and same thing with my sister. Four years after that, she she also had difficulty conceiving, and she did the same thing. And so, our birthdays, my sister and I. Uh, our birthdays are very close to one another. No? she's on the I'm October sixteen, she's October eighteen. No? so we are, <laughs> we are the gifts of our lady to my mom. And she would always say that. And after that, no, uh, my mom never stopped going to novena. Uh, it, 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 it was more of a uh, th- novena of thanksgiving, no? No, not anymore asking but thanksgiving. And she would ask us to go with them, to with mm. my parents, to um to to the shrine. And that, that consisted of waking up early at 4.30 in the morning, you know, when you're kids, no? that waking up at 4.30, that's terrible. No? And then my mom, my parents would wake us up and we would take, uh, do it as a pilgrimage, pray the rosary, going to the shrine, uh, go to mass, do the novena, pray the rosary, and then again, going back, we, we pray the rosary. So um, I think, um, I cannot pinpoint a time where I never had a Marian devotion because I grew up that way, you know? Mm. <laughs> that was, it, I was already born that way, you know? Uh, so, so that's what, that's how that came to be. Now, uh, your question is how did I become a speaker? How did I, you know, why did I start writing about the litany? Um, I, I, I am a professor in a school of, uh, of arts, design and arts, and I teach web design and, uh, and design in general. And I noticed that the school, even if it's a Catholic school, does not, does not have a really good Catholic agenda. You know, mm. <laughs> students come in and then they go out, they're still the same, no, no spiritual growth. No? And uh, so I noticed that my students would ask me questions, uh, spiritual questions uh, about original sin, about. You know, forgiveness, et cetera, and so I would answer, and I said, you know, if people are, if the if the students are really interested, let's do this as a regular thing. So every week I would do a short talk, and that, and I said, what what would I name this uh, these talks, no? And I said, you know what, let's just call it the Catholic talks. It, it uh-huh. means two things, no? The talks that are Catholic and me as the Catholic talker, <laughs> and so that's how that came to be. Now the book, the litany is. I would pray the litany and I would not understand some of the, the titles, no? And it, it, it felt kind of um empty when mm-hmm. when you're praying something and then you don't really know what you're saying. No. Uh, and I said I, I might as well research. And when I researched it, they were just so beautiful that um, you know, I I, I do mental prayer every morning around uh, 30 minutes, and you know, you're talking to our Lord, and once in a while. You you would get this um, this this, um, this 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 joy of light um, as if he's telling you you know you have to share this with others and so that's that's how that came to be. No, I was I was uh, I was ignoring it for a, for a long time but you know it, it was always there you know, nagging nagging and I said okay let's let's write the book and let's and let's talk about that so that's how that came to be Ted.
0: that's uh, you know the, the 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 urge to talk about our Lord. Would only come from him. So praise God yeah. for your for your work, Jovi. Yeah. I like the way you gave an introduction to your book. You mentioned Romeo and Juliet as the star-crossed lovers, <laughs> Harry yeah. Potter as the boy who lived, and you even gave a perfect example by mentioning Daenerys Targaryen and her many <laughs> titles in the Game of Thrones. And I say perfect yes. example because I I think the Game of Thrones is a very good analogy. Okay, because. You know, we we would often hear t- titles of Daenerys in the Game of Thrones, and titles is a language of monarchs. There's royalty behind the titles. Now, here in the UK, it's easy for British people to understand what titles mean because of the monarchy. Okay. Um, however, I think for Filipinos or other countries who don't who are not under a monarch, it may be a bit difficult to grasp the concept of titles. Well, let's say somebody is not heard about or has not seen the movie Romeo and Juliet or Lord of the Rings and some other examples you gave in the book, what's the best way to explain the litany to them?
1: Okay, well, the litany is a series of invocations and uh, the Lord of Mercy, Christ of Mercy. These are always short invocations no? and we have many litanies. Um, as long as it's a series of uh, asking uh, um, one of the saints or all of the saints to pray for us. Then it's an invocation. Now the the one with uh, the litany of Mary is unique because we use her many titles, and I think that's the point. Now, wh- why does she have many titles? We give her all of these titles. Um, I suppose it's just like us when we have uh, when we're in in business. No, so, um, you're you're the secretary of this. You're the president of that. No, so you have all of these little caps that you wear, no uh, hats that you wear. Yeah. Um and uh, Mary is like that, no? And the church um, gave her these titles so that we get to understand her a little bit more. Um, I like to say uh, that when we try to f- try to find out some uh, something about somebody nowadays, we go to Facebook, mm-hmm. we type the name, we go to the their webpage, whatever. And uh, that she was born here. She was born there. She worked here. You know, etc. And so we try to figure out we try to find out more about that person we're interested in now. Uh, the church made it easy for us to know Mary because she put this string of uh, wonderful names together. And then, uh, so for me, the litany is the Facebook of Our Lady. If you want to know more about her, we go through those different titles. And, uh, and, and I think that's the reason why we want to, to go through, uh, through that litany and pray it, because we get to learn her a little bit more, learn about her a little bit more.
0: And. In in your book, you also discussed how the litany is arranged. So could you just briefly discuss how the litany is organized?
1: Yeah, uh, for those who pray the litany, you'll notice that it starts with the holiness of Mary. Um, She's uh, Holy Mary, Holy Mother of God, Holy Virgin of Virgins. And the next group is uh, about her motherhood. She's a mother of this, a mother of that. So the church is really showing us that she's our mother. We are born into the church through baptism, and therefore... Uh, if if we are children we're born somewhere somebody has to be our mother the church is our mother but mary is also our mother because our lord gave her to us uh, when he was hanging on the cross um the third group also exalts mary for her virginity that's one of the things that we uh, that's special about her she's she's a virgin who gave birth who does that no i'm sure a lot of uh teenage girls who got pregnant want to say they were they had virgin you know <laughs> conceived but that's not true it's, it's only our, our lady uh, and so um yeah so she was uh she's a virgin who who gave birth and we we like to we like to praise her for that the fourth group is um the types of the symbols of mary taken from the old testament uh, typology no um house of gold ark of the covenant um Tower of David, those those things, no. So I, I I imagine these are the things that that were are difficult for some people because it is tied to the Old Testament. It, it needs a lot of explanation. Um, the other group is uh, praises her, her 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 being our advocate in sickness, uh, helping us, no. Uh, and then finally the last the last one is where she we extol her as our queen, queen of angels, queen of uh, patriarchs and so forth and so on so um all of these things if you'll see um are the unique uh, uh things about mary you know her holiness her virginity her being uh, compassionate to us and helping us in our in our suffering and also being our queen so uh,
0: in a nutshell uh, if if we see that we see who mary is amen and most catholics know that our blessed mother has many titles and I think a single podcast episode is not enough to talk about all of them. So, Definitely Joby, not. could you just mention three of your favorite titles? Okay. One of my
1: first one is a, is a new one, Mother of Mercy. Um, if you Google uh, Mother of Mercy and Google an image of the Mother of Mercy, you will see Mary with her cape open up wide and a lot of... Uh, um, people under inside it okay and um when i was looking at this picture i said where did this come from and um this came from a 13th century uh, um cistercian one of the orders during that time and uh, this 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 uh, this monk he had a dream a very mystical dream and in the dream he was in heaven with our lady and uh there were a lot of priests there, monks, uh different orders, the mm. the um Benedict now, uh Augustinians, Benedictines, etc. Augustinians, yeah. And then and, um see uh, um priests of his monks of his own order, and he was a little bit sad. And our lady asked him. Why are you sad? Aren't you happy that you're here? And then uh, the monk said, uh, Lady, our la- my lady, you know that um, uh, I love you and I'm happy here, but I don't see any of my order here. Mm-hmm. Why is that especially that we love you so much? We're so devoted to you. And our lady said, well, that's because they're under my mantle. And she opened her mantle and lo and behold, uh, all the uh, you know, many priests inside her cape, and then um of course this dream he, he told this to to the the public and the public you know uh, uh it became very popular amongst the people and artists started painting Mary that way, um, having a lot of people under the cape. And, you know, during those days, you could commission paintings. You could pay a mm-hmm. painter to put your face <laughs> in, in one of those paintings. No? And so um, uh, it became so ridiculous that paintings were landscape. You know, they, they, uh, they were just so wide that it became ridiculous. And the artists of those days said, you know, we have to stop this nonsense. Um, let's just make Mary's cape symbolic. Let's just make it blue so that it envelops the entire world. We're all yeah. under her, her cape. And so that's how that happened. And sometimes when they would um, uh, paint uh, the, the, the cape of Our Lady, they, they would put stars yeah. just to make sure that we understood that it is the sky. And so um, that's, that's what it is. Our, our Lady is a Mother of Mercy uh, harboring all of us, taking all of us as her, as her children, Um, mother because she's a mother and we are all like little chicks in her in her wings and um, and it's really interesting that uh, behind me I have our lady of uh, uh, image of our lady of Guadalupe and when you look at it she is in a cape of blue with a uh, with with stars with stars And so it's and this this came many centuries later after that that that, uh, that, uh, that that dream of that sister Shan. It's as if Mary is telling us. in, we we know we Catholics know that this is a miraculous image. It was not painted. Um, it, it just appeared in the in, in the in the tilma in the cloth of uh, of uh, Juan Diego, and when he was opening it in the to the uh, showing to the bishop, and um, if this is if this is indeed a miraculous. Uh, image, then it's as if Mary is saying, "Yes, I am that mother. I am uh, the mother whose cape is the, the is the sky, and all of you are my children." And that's exactly what he said. She says to uh, uh, Juan Diego, um, "Why would you fear? Are you not in the folds of my mantle, in under my arms?" No. And so uh, I just love this this title because every time that you feel. That you're <laughs> sad or suffering, mm-hmm. Mary's there. You can run to her. She'll open her arms. She will under her mantle. So uh, beautiful, beautiful um, title for me. Mm-hmm. Another title that is close to my heart is uh, Virgin Most Powerful. Okay. Um, sometimes, sometimes people might think, "Wow, power!" You know, it's uh, that's uh, like, something that kings and queens have. You know, <laughs> um, or you're thinking of uh, of a warrior and going to battle with. Uh, with a chainmail, <laughs> with a sword, no—that's what's power to us no? But um, the power of Mary is different, and I—I I, I like this type because I always have to remember what power is. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the time when our Lord was um, with uh, Peter, uh, asked Peter to cast his net on the on the on the side of the boat after a night of. Uh, of uh, fishing without any, without catching any fish. And so when our Lord told Peter, uh, you know, let us uh, you know, uh, drop your nets. And uh, Peter, you know, you can hear his voice. It's almost, begr- he almost begrudgingly says, uh, okay, you know, uh, just because you said, I'm going to do it. You know, that's the way mm-hmm. it sounds to me, you know. And so uh, he does and then he catches fish. And then our Lord, now this, I think this is the point of that miracle. And he tells Peter, um, and we have to remember that there was a crowd um, uh, in, in, in the shore in, in shore no? yeah. and uh, our Lord uh, was telling Peter, probably pointing to the crowd in the shore um, you, 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 you caught this fish don 't worry because you are going to ca- i 'm going to ask you to catch uh, men you will know? be fishers of men and so the the whole point of that is if you if we follow, if we obey our Lord. do something, we are going to do it with power. And that's the reason why Mary is powerful because she always does what our Lord asks her to do. Will you be my mother? Yes. Will you be the mother of the church? Yes. Will you be the queen of my kingdom? Yes. And so that's why she's powerful. Because our Lord gives her the power to do such things. So uh, hopefully, and I think this is where I, I want to give a little advice, uh, where do we get this, uh, our Lord telling us to do things? We get it in prayer. We have to keep quiet and we have to listen to our Lord telling us what to do. And so when we get that and we do it, then we can do things with power. Because he's the one doing, we're just lending our body, you know, our lips and our hands and our feet to our Lord. And the power so, comes from Jesus, not from us. That's right. Amen. That's right. We, we're we just the instruments. Amen. Yes. The third one is Queen of Martyrs. Okay. Um, Mary is not considered a martyr if you think about it she didn't die i mean nobody killed her um but uh, the the saints who write about her bernard of, bernard of clairvaux um would would say that mary's um martyrdom was a long martyrdom from the moment she was uh, she she said yes we can see how difficult her life was until the end of our until the end of the life of our lord and so um, you know when we um, see uh, martyrs, the way they're de- they are depicted in paintings or statues, they're always holding the instrument of their torture uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that tortured them. Um, Saint Catherine with the wheel with spikes. We have uh, Saint Bartholomew with he was flayed, no, and he's holding his skin. Uh, uh, Saint, uh, you know, uh, Saint Agnes. Uh, I Agatha, no, she, some, somebody cut off her, her, her breast, no, and she's holding. So um, um, martyrs are depicted with the instruments of their torture. Our Lady in the Pieta of, uh, I, I like the Pieta of, of um, um, what's his name now, Michelangelo, Michelangelo, no? Um, we see Our Lady holding the dead body of our Lord. Yes. And then uh, they are saying, and this is, her, this is the picture of Mary, Queen of Martyrs, because in her hands, depicted with her is the instrument of her torture. Mm. Uh, because Mary loves, absolutely, because she, she was, um, she was uh, immacul- immaculately conceived. Therefore, there's no bias in her love. Therefore, if she loves her son completely, so is her grief complete. And so that's what tortured her. And it's just so beautiful uh, when we see the the version of uh, um, Michelangelo's uh, Pietà. We see Mary's hand; it's a little bit open. It's a little like this. And two things uh, that that we can get out of that, we can um, infer from that. She's saying, "This is what my son has suffered for you," and also. This is what I have suffered. Take a look at it again. Take a look at the pieta. And when you when you see that, you can you can see Mary almost, you know, um, begging you to look <laughs> at what what caused her so much grief.
0: I actually so love uh, the pieta too. You, you know what? That's what my one of the gifts of my wife to me uh, mm-hmm, for Christmas mm-hmm. an image mm-hmm. of uh, the pieta. So pieta, it's actually yeah. in our room now.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you, Joby. Um, you know. Um, I, I, I mentioned uh, to you before that I like May, all of Mary's titles. I, yeah. I like all of them. I don't really have any particular favorite. Um, but for this episode, I'm going to highlight two. Okay? Two titles. First is Mary as the Mother of Our Savior. Okay? I'm highlighting this because I agree with what you said, Joby, in your book. And it's very important for all of us to understand. Mary is co-redemptrix. She uniquely, uniquely participated in the work of redemption accomplished by Jesus, accomplished by Jesus. Mary is co-redeemer, not because of her own power, but with and under Jesus, with and under Jesus. Again, I just want to say it again. Mary is co-redeemer, not because of her own power, but with and under Jesus. You know, We just celebrated Christmas, and during Advent, we recalled the incarnation, how the word with the big letter W, became flesh. Through Mary's consent, through her fiat, through her yes, Jesus our Savior came to the world. And to put it simply, without Mary, there's no Jesus. In in uh, the address of St. John Paul II in Ecuador on the 31st of January 1985, he said, and I quote, Mary goes before us and accompanies us the silent journey that begins with her Immaculate Conception and passes through the Yes of Nazareth, which makes her the Mother of God, finds on Calvary a particularly important moment. There, also accepting and assisting at the sacrifice of her son, Mary is the dawn of redemption, crucified spiritually with her crucified son. She contemplated with heroic love the death of her God. She lovingly consented to the immolation of this victim, which she herself had brought forth. End quote. Which leads me to the next title that I want to highlight today and the cause of our joy, which is also the name of this podcast. Mary, I'm going to quote from um, Joby's book here Mary is the cause of our joy because she gave birth to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus is our joy. And because Mary is the mother of Jesus, Mary is the cause of our joy. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke tells us that when the angel announced the birth to the shepherds, the angel said, be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, of a great joy which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now, Joby gave a few more examples on how Jesus became joy to the people. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I'm not gonna give it here. Okay. I come from a personal point of view, okay, and why I love cause of our joy. Okay. And and my it's in my personal experience. And if, and it's also one of the reasons why this is the title of the podcast, okay. Um, I believe in redemptive suffering. If you've been following my podcast. Or if you've seen my episode about the sorrows of Mary, you would know that I highly promote the sorrows of Mary devotion. Okay? And, and you would also know that I would now and again mention that there is joy in suffering. There is joy in suffering. In St. Louis Marie de Montfort's prayer, a prayer to our Blessed Mother, he asked Mary to allow him to suffer joyfully without human consolation. Suffer joyfully without human consolation. And many, many saints believe in this. And as I have mentioned before, it is only the Catholic Church actually who talks about the redemptive suffering, not other Christian denominations. And all the members of the Church, you and me, we make up the body of Christ, and Christ is the head of this body, which means that what St. Paul said in his letter to the Colossians applies to all of us that we complete what's lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of the church. Joby, 1st of January is the Feast of Our Blessed Mother as Mother of God. Could you tell us about this title? Okay. Simply,
1: uh, Mother of God uh, tells us that Mary is the mother of Jesus who is God. Now, (laughs) we're going to hear a lot of of, uh, comments against this and there usually it's because we don't understand what we are trying to say or the elements no so i'd like i always like to explain it in in uh, to break it down so the two things that we we might want to understand is the is uh, the term person and the term nature mm-hmm. so when um, when we are talking about a person we want to ask somebody's identity we ask who are you uh, If we are asking, uh, if we want to find out somebody's nature, we ask, what is this? Uh, What is that? Okay. So a person is different from a nature. Mm. Now, when we apply this to our Lord, um, Jesus is the same person as the second person of the Blessed Trinity, the Son. There's just one person just because uh, uh, the second person of the blessed Trinity became human doesn't mean that there was another person that was created. It's the same person. But um, when we ask, uh, what is Jesus? um, We are going to what is his nature? um, We have to say that he is both God. And man at the same time. So when he, when our Lord, uh, when the second person of the Blessed Trinity became human, he did not lose his divinity. So um, both the um, both humanity and divinity exists at the same time. Now some people are going to say, but how can that be? How can we call Mary the Mother of God when she did not, you know, uh, she did not become, she she did not cause the divinity of our Lord. Or she did not come before our Lord. We, we don't even imply that that she is a goddess or that she became that she was she existed before God. We're just saying that she is the mother of Jesus, who is God. Now, again, there is a little misconception here. Um, m- women are are mothers of persons. They are not mothers of uh, of natures. So uh, for example, when parents come together to to make a baby, and um, the parents contribute to the body of the baby, but they can never make a soul. Mm. So it is God who makes the soul. Every time, even an attesture baby, even <laughs> even a surrogate surrogate mother, it's God will always make the soul for that. But when the the child is born, we never say that oh, that's the mother is the child of that of just the body not the soul He's <laughs> the 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 mother the the woman is a mother of the entire person body and soul so if we're going to apply this to mary mary is the mother of jesus both who is human and divine and that's why she is the mother of god mm-hmm. because our lord jesus christ is god it's it's really uh, this 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 wonderful um title actually safeguards uh, the identity of our Lord. You know, in 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 uh, the early uh, uh, history of, of the church, there's this guy by the name of Nestorius, yes. you know, trying to tell everybody that our Lord has two persons. It's two persons. You now, when when um when the second person of the of the Blessed Trinity became human, another person was was created. And Mary is the mother of that person, but not of the divine person. But that shatters everything that we believe. We believe there's only one person. And so the church had to come out and correct you know, what, this wrong teaching and come up with a dogma, a dogma of the, that it is correct to say that Mary is the mother of God. So these dogmas that the church puts, it's not for Mary's sake. It is for, it is for the sake of our Lord because these dogmas protect Always protect the identity of, right, of Lord of the Lord. Um, I I like to use this in again in monarchical terms. No, um, um, if our Lord is a castle, um, then the dogmas of our ble- of the Blessed Virgin are like the moat and the walls around protecting it. So anybody who has heretical ideas must must navigate must. Struggle must topple down the the, 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 the what they call the walls and must uh, manage the the moat before before destroying the castle in within. So that's that's the role of this dogmas, no? So uh, it's beautiful that uh, our, our Lady is uh, it's the mother of God um, because of the title. We are saying our Lord is God. Jesus Christ is God.
0: And you know, you know what, my dear friends, uh, objections to Mary as the Mother of God is not new. You no, know, it's it's like what Joby said. It's it's very old, you know. And the the Church has already answered this objection. Okay, and and what Ma- Joby is trying to tell all of us is for us to be able to understand Mary's motherhood, especially in the light of Mary as Mother of God. We first need to believe that uh, our triune we have a triune God. Okay, we we need to believe in the Holy Trinity. And in believing this, we need to apply faith, faith faith-seeking understanding, okay? Um, And, you know, my dear friends, so you won't get confused, always seek the advice of a priest, especially if you have questions about our faith. Because if you ask somebody who's not a Catholic about what the Catholic faith believes, then you will be led astray, okay? So always ask, a Catholic priest, or even a Catholic apologist about the matters of our faith, so you would get a, a good answer, a good explanation and you know these priests and these uh, Catholic apologists would always refer to the to that council and how they um, fought that Nestorian heresy. Joby, I believe that your book is ready for a second edition, because in the year 2020, um, Pope Francis added three titles of Mary, which are Mary as Mother of Mercy, Mother of Hope, and Solace of Migrants. Could you briefly share your thoughts about these titles and what we could learn from them? Okay, well... What's beautiful about the church, it is a
1: living organism. It's not some dead, what do you call this, uh, something that our Lord founded and then it's, it's just sitting there. It's a living organism. And she listens to, to what her children need. And so uh, the Pope, you know, being the the uh, the vicar of, of Christ, um, uh, address this, the current conditions that we are in, um, which are... Uh, he he, he probably saw that there's a lot of despair. And he also sees that there's a lot of migration because of war, because of work, you know. And so he said, let's include these three titles to address the current situation. Mother of Hope, Mother of uh, Mercy, and Mother of uh, Solace of Migrants. Now, um, just very briefly, I, I, I already mentioned Mother of Mercy. A Mother of Hope is really interesting because there was an apparition in in, uh, in a uh, small village of Pontmain. Uh, I will, <laughs> the way I will pronounce it in in here, in, in, in the Philippines is Pontmain, but I imagine the French will pronounce it Pontmain uh, in France. And this was during the time of uh, World War One or early. Uh, Prussia uh, was invading France. Even, I think this is even before, pre-World War I, um, Prussia is invading France from the north. And then there was this small town um, named Pontmont. And um, th- there were kids who could see, and, and uh, I'm just trying to encapsulate c- this story. Um, Our lady appeared above the rooftop of one of the, the the houses there. And only the kids would see it, Would would see her. And then um, they brought priests, they brought the sisters, and they said, uh, can, can you see anything there? But all of the, the kids would would point at the same place and would um, describe Our Lady the same way. So if you Google uh, Our Lady of uh, Mother of Hope, you're going to see the picture of her. Um, and then... Um, she she would basically tell the kids don't be afraid don't be afraid because you know um, the the, um, the the Prussians were about are coming closer, but um, on that night on that particular night, the advance of the of the Prussians were uh, I think that was uh, King Otto I think you know, or whoever was that leader at that time uh, decided to halt the advance and then recall the the people and so that the town was saved and so that's how our Lady of Hope. Um, came about that, that 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 particular apparition, but um, in in more in more um, theological terms, um, Mary's assumption is what gives us hope. Uh, one way we can um, define hope is uh, we trust that the Lord will do what He says He will do, and He says uh, that He is going to resurrect all of us, and those who are deserving will get to live both body and soul with him in heaven. That is the promise. And, you know, it can be bugging your mind. Can this be true? You know, do do I lead a good life so that I can do this? Um, And so, uh, you know, um, uh, some people, you know, might be thinking, you know, I'm going to live this life and then what? I'm going to die. But uh, because our lady was assumed into heaven, both body and soul, we know that our Lord will do what he promised to do because he did it for Mary already. And that's the reason why the church uh, tells us that Mary is, the, is, is what the church sh- should be. It's the future of the church, uh, meaning um, the fulfillment rather of the church. Our church is heading, uh, the church, including us, is still heading towards that, that particular end, but Mary is already there. Um, body and soul, living with our Lord, and so when we think about that, oh there's hope you know, and that 's why our uh, uh, our lady is the mother of hope
0: well, and interestingly uh, when, in, in this apparition that you 're talking about, our blessed mother appeared with the blue mantle
1: yes, a mantle
0: full of stars, yes. so yes yes, very good Amazing, um, no? example today
1: yeah um, the last one, solace of migrants, um, as I said, um, there are a lot of people who are um, moving about, about the word, you know uh, i can't imagine and then we're, and more the world with just filipinos in the philippines no uh, every we're spread all around um, and um it's because of you know cardinal tagle uh, who was the archbishop of metro of manila um, the uh, archdiocese would tell us you know um, uh, families are being torn apart not because of hate but because of love um parents are going abroad because they they want to earn for the families, and so um, this is you know it's not any more war sometimes that breaks families. Sometimes it's love, no. And um, uh, what's beautiful about this is that uh, when our when people are far away from home, we we feel sad, you know. Um, and um, I re- uh, what what I remember is that um, in. Um, in Cuba, when Fidel Castro was, you know, coming to power, a lot of the Cubans um, left and they went to, to, the, to, the, to, to the U.S. because it was pretty close. And um, they had this wonderful virgin that they would, uh, an image of the virgin in in Cuba called Virgen de la Caridad del Cobre. No? And um, they would pray to her and they would bring images of her when they brought images of her when they went to the States. And um, there was this one event where um, they were in a stadium and it was her feast day. And then they were able to smuggle out that, this particu- a copy of this particular image of the, the Virgin and bring it to that, to that uh, stadium. And everybody was just so joyful. And so uh, this is just like us, isn't it? That we, we, are, we are migrants. In a, in a world that where we don't really belong. We belong in heaven. <laughs> we belong with God, but we are migrants here. And so we also, we look at the, the pictures of our Blessed Virgin reminding us that we have a true home somewhere. We are, we're just migrants. So uh, Solace of Migrants, yes, she's, she's accompanying us. She's with us in our journey to, to, to the promised land, to the, to the real promised land, which is heaven. This is a so pre-recorded
0: with Joby, and uh, you know, yesterday we just uh, celebrated the feast of the Holy Innocents, and says, you yes. know, Sol- "Solace of Migrants," as uh, Mary's title reminds us that Mary and Joseph were also migrants. Migrants. They were exiled to, to another country for many years. So Joby, properly praying the Rosary, and I used the word "operative," uh, or the operative. I used the word the operative word properly. Um, Because I think properly praying the rosary is hard because one needs a good knowledge about the scriptures to be able to reflect on the mysteries of the Holy Rosary. And the rosary alone is a challenge to pray. Okay. Um, So why do we need to add the litany of Mary to our Marian devotion? How will it inspire? How how will the litany of Mary inspire the Christian of this day and age?
1: Yeah. So as I was saying that, uh, you know, when you read the news, and uh, when you when you uh, look at uh, um, uh, social media, there are a lot of people filled with despair, suffering, and they just don 't know what to do with it you know they don 't know how to handle it uh, like uh, a couple of years ago, there was this uh, many cases of uh, of younger people you know committing suicide um, famous people no? of course, we cannot judge them um, you know no judgment there, but uh, i'm just um, mentioning that there were a lot, no? And um, um, a lot of the times, uh, it's because of despair, okay? Um, uh, when we say despair, that uh, nothing can help me. There's nothing more that I can do, you know? So better to end my life. Um, and the litany reminds us that our lady was one of us before. She, as you said, she was a migrant. Can you imagine, Ted, that you are being asked to go to Egypt, you know nothing. You don't speak the language. I don't actually speak no. the language. Uh, Joseph did not have a job. He was just, my goodness. Can you imagine? Imagine any adult today with a child and a wife uh, being asked to go somewhere new uh, without even without uh, you know um, um, cultivating a network there. You no, know, where am I? Where am I going to live? Where am I going to uh, work? You no, know, it's just. Just like that for Joseph and Mary, just going to egypt mm. uh, it's scary, it's scary, know, but they trusted our lord no? and and um and Mary was this this little girl from from a nothing town called Nazareth today, Nazareth, we know because our Lord grew up there uh, uh Mary grew up there she was uh she lived there know with Joseph. But during their time, Nazareth was nothing. So if if, if you mentioned Nazareth, uh, Nazawat, you don't you don't know where that is, no. And so, um, but th- this this little girl from this this backwater town, um, she she's the greatest of all saints, no. Um, uh, she was poor and she had many sorrows, and but she was she is the greatest saint. Now we too, if we if we accompany our Lady. And we try to figure out. You know, it's just like having an idol. Um, um, Ted. You know, uh, uh, if you're an artist, you have a probably an idol, yes. and you're trying to you're trying to uh, to to mimic or trying to you know copy this this idol of yours. You know? Whether you're a painter, whether you're a, you know artist, okay. It's, it's the same thing with Our Lady. You know, uh, she uh, her the many titles will show us what kind of virtue virtues she has, what kind of person she is. And therefore, you know, uh, it's just like friends, you know, when, (laughs) you know, I I see friends together, they have the same haircut, they they have the same, they they wear the same clothes, the same fashion. Same thing with our lady. If we're, if we are with her every day, mentioning her, her, the titles in the litany, knowing her virtues, at some point we're going to be We want to be like her. We want to wear the same haircut as her. We want to wear the same clothes as her. You know, I'm talking, you know, uh, figuratively, of course. But you know what I mean? That we we tend to become who our friends are. (laughs) And so if Mary, we remember her, you know, all the time... um, uh, praying the litany, um, just and knowing what we're saying, hopefully, then we become like her eventually. And that's what we want to be. And, and of course, she is a mirror of our Lord. No? So we become, eventually, we become like Christ.
0: And that's the call for so, all of us Christians. We need to, yeah. to become like Mary, because Mary is not only the first apostle, she is the best example of how to live a life of Christianity and how to yeah. follow Christ. My dear friends, I highly I highly encourage all of you to get a copy of Joby's book, uh, A Sky Full of Stars, which is available in Amazon here in Europe and in, in the US. Um, and it's also in Kindle format. In the preface of uh, Joby's book, Joby said that he refrained from including too many doctrines and in, in the theological words, okay, so it's going to be better understood by all of his readers. Um, and you know what? He's done it very well. He's done it very well. The book is very easy to understand, and it would give you a gist of each and every title of Mary. Now, coming from a theology perspective, it is hard to avoid doctrine. It's very hard to avoid doctrine. That's why you will still find, when you read the book, you will still find some big theology words in in this book, okay? Um, But you know what, my dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's difficult to avoid doctrine. And why is it difficult to avoid doctrine? Because most of the things we believe, we believe about our Blessed Mother came from the magisterium of the church. And, And the magisterium is the infallible teachers of our faith. The magisterium is the infallible teacher of our faith. So this is the reason why when we want to study Christ, when we want to study our blessed mother Mary, we need to stay at the heart of the church. We need to stay at the heart of the magisterium. And I can confirm to all of you, my dear friends, that Joby and this book is very faithful to the teachings of the Catholic Church. Joby, um, um, thank you for you know. Thank you for spending time with us. Uh, how could the viewers and listeners find you?
1: Okay, um, I have a uh, Facebook uh, website called thecatholictalks.com. That's one word: the Catholic Talks. And I also have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com/slash thecatholictalks. Um, in there, you'll be able to find also uh, resources to um, some of my podcasts. I'm I'm doing um, weekly podcast. Now we're doing the uh, Beyond the Veil podcast where we talk about the um, different mysteries of the Holy Rosary. So I do that every Wednesday, uh, 8 p.m. Philippine time. And that's live. And it's recorded, so uh, you, can, you can watch it at uh, any time you, you, you would like. Um, and so basically, those are the, those are the uh, places that you, you, that you can find me. Um,
0: and of course, there. I'll be sharing the links here in this episode. Yes, thank you. And do you, you also course. have uh, other books that you've written? Yeah. Um
1: one of the one of the books I have is called A hundred Things Every Catholic Should Know. Okay. Uh, think of it as a um as the catechism uh bites si- in bite-sized portions. Um when you see the catechism of the Catholic Church, it's a it's a thick mother, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, it might be very daunting to 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 see there it is. Yeah. It's very daunting, you know, when you see all of those pages and you know, um, uh, so what i tried to do was i tried to explain uh what we believe in, in in bite size so um you can do it one one a day you know it's very very easy to to digest i have two other books that are coming i just need uh, uh, it's called the co- uh, contemplating the mysteries of the holy rosary and also typology for beginners um, they're not available yet. They're done already, but I'm still waiting for an, an imprimatur, which I'm having difficulty getting because of uh, the, the pandemic. Um, church, um, the chancery is closed, and so uh, nobody's working on it yet. So we'll have to wait for that to open. But it's there, and hopefully in, in, uh, in this year or next year, no, uh, hopefully it will be available.
0: We will be praying for it, Joby. Yeah, Thank you thanks. so much again, Joby. My dear friends, we encourage you to find time to include the litany to your daily rosary because Mary as the mediatrix of grace will always be generous to those people who would show her that immense love. And of course, our Lord Jesus Christ will be more generous to you if you show his own mother a great love and devotion. Joby, could you please close this episode with a Hail Mary?
1: Okay. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Thank you again, Joby. Thank you, everyone. Always remember, Jesus loves you. Our Blessed Mother loves all of you. God bless. Thank you for listening. If you have been blessed with this episode, please click the subscribe button. Ave Maria!